Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epteen with the Direct Impact Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us today. As always, you know, we're here for you. This is all about you. This is all about our journeys, our recovery journeys, and our mental health. And today we are with, I believe, the perfect person to, to interview for our particular podcast. And his name is Jason Hopkins, and he is just a champion <laughs> for cultural change within organizations. And I'm going to tell you, Direct Impact Nation, like, this is why he's here today, is because he believes that connection to oneself one's transparency and authenticity and one's passions, you know, that allows individuals to live wholly authentic and full lives. And that's what we're all about. We're all about generating and creating opportunity to make a direct impact in our own lives, our own families and future generations. So like, I just, I feel like he is the person to come and speak to you today. Um, he presently serves as nonprofit president and CEO of NAMI. And if you're not familiar with NAMI, it is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. He is also the founder of The Connection Project, which is a for-profit company. And we're gonna learn a little bit more about The Connection Project today. So thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today. We're gonna talk about all things really mental health and awareness and hopefully like some stig stigma busting and things of that nature. Just remember guys on the Direct Impact Podcast, we explore all the many, 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 many ways we might enhance our mental health and leave a positive and life-giving impact in our wake. So Jason, did I get your introduction correct? You did. One thing I want to add, I'm not the president of National NAMI. I am the president and CEO of NAMI for Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. For some context, is the largest affiliate in the state of Colorado from a membership perspective. So just one clarification there, but otherwise you did perfect. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for that clarification. It's great work that y'all do. And I think that's the question I really want to lead with, Jason, is tell our listeners about NAMI and just the amazing work that the national organization has been doing since 1979. <laughs> yeah, so we've been around a long time. Um, for those of you who don't know about NAMI, NAMI is a national organization that has representation in every state. And then normally geographically within a state, there are affiliates, which I happen to lead. Like I said, one of the largest affiliates in the state of Colorado, we serve roughly a million people in the two counties that wow. I serve. So statistically, if you look at people that are struggling with mental health or impacted by mental health, it's a lot of people. We've been around more than 30 years now, so we have quite a stakehold here in Colorado. But really, NAMI's job is, especially at the affiliate level, is to provide education, support, and outreach programs for family members and loved ones who are impacted by mental health. So it's a big call to action. We lead a lot of support groups. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are virtual. So people listening, if you're from somewhere outside of the state, you certainly can can dial into one of those and, and email us to get connected. But our goal is really to help people get better connected. 
and you know recognizing that in times of struggle and or crisis that things don't have to be so hard and that you're not alone and there are other people that can help you yeah and it's just it's great work um in an amazing organization our nonprofit hugs heads up guidance services and just the work i've been doing um for the past 20 years you know we stay in close contact with NAMI and the work they're doing and try to get a lot of our clients and their family members and loved ones connected because it's just, it's a wealth of knowledge and support. And it's just great to know you're not alone. Well, you certainly are going to find people who understand, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing. I came to NAMI after my own personal situation, a breakdown, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. and really from that level of support that I received, it really became a springboard for what has ensued for the the decade since and the work that I've been doing here. Wow. I love that because our passions give purpose to our past, don't they? They absolutely do. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that saying. Uh, we're definitely going to link to NAMI National and also for our Savannah, Georgia listeners, we're going to also link to our local chapter. And like, you know, Jason said, please, a lot of the meetings are virtual. So, you know, just check out the schedule and see what works for you. We are more connected than ever in. before. I will say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we can, at, at this stage in the game, look at all of the places that we can experience gratitude for COVID. <laughs> right. There are many gifts of COVID and among yeah. them are, you know, being able to build this network of connection that didn't exist prior to that. And and frankly, technology wise, if this had happened five years sooner, I don't know that we would have had the infrastructure to support what we all had to adapt to very quickly. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I also express gratitude quite often for the spotlight that it was able to shine on mental health. Right. And the importance and the value we need to place on our mental health. Absolutely. I mean, it certainly opened the door for people to be able to talk about things they were struggling with. I think that the the dark side of it is it has shown a light on the demand is far greater than the supply of help help professionals that can do this work. So it's important for organizations like mine to be able to show up to supplement, you know, the good work that you guys do as clinicians to really help people in, in times of need. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's so well put because there there definitely are not enough licensed and definitely not quality (laughs) clinicians to serve the need to meet that need. So yes, it just makes, you know, NAMI even more valuable. Hey, listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Wise Mind Enterprises and Lightning in a Bottle Digital Courses are offering direct impact listeners deep discounts of up to 25% on their 2022 course offerings. Say what? 25%? That's right, Edward. Just visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses to pre-order and save big. These courses are carefully curated with you in mind. Hey, Madison, did you know Lightning in a Bottle works with credentialed licensed professional psychotherapists to create life-giving content that is sure to make an impact? I did, and I'm super excited about their new courses. Me too. New 2022 digital courses include The Antidote to Reactive Living, Healing Body Betrayal, Escaping the Perfectionism Paradox, Essential Truths to Support Your Recovery, just to name a few, and with more life-enhancing courses coming down the pipeline. And if 25% savings still leaves you on the fence, well, how about this? The first 20 people to pre-order will receive 50% off a second course of their choosing. I don't know about you, 
but I need at least two of those courses. So visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses today and enter the promo code IMPACT to receive massive savings on valuable courses. Oh, side note, Lightning in a Bottle offers more than just courses. They offer a recovery and life enhancement community, and they are always interested in hearing from you. If one of these courses didn't resonate with you, well, let them know what you're looking for on your journey because your voice is valued and vital. Alrighty, my friends, pre-order or engage with Lightning in a Bottle at www.lightninginabottle.biz. Invest in you today, and don't forget your promo code IMPACT. Let us know our listeners a little bit more about your for-profit that you founded, um, the Connection Project. Yeah, so Connection Project was founded out of my work at NAMI and recognizing Mm -hmm. that so much of what we've historically done was tailored to chronically or persistently mentally ill peers and their loved ones. So primarily family support. We do a lot of family support for people who have loved ones that are that are really impacted for long or extended periods or perhaps the rest of their lives. But recognizing that what about the rest of us? You know, those of us who go through a life transition issue, have a setback, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, pet, just a bad time where we don't show up in the way that we wanted to. And recognizing that, you know, we are struggling at alarming rates, and there's not a good place for a lot of people to get plugged in. And I pulled from my own experience, you know, in my dark night of the soul and recognizing that it just shouldn't be so hard for people to get connected. And, you know, I'm a, I come from a place of privilege. I'm a white guy. I had insurance. I had some money. I had a supportive family. And I will tell you, and again, this is more than a decade ago, it was the hardest thing ever to figure out where to turn for support when I was struggling in a very profound way. Mm. And frankly, from that understanding and experience, I just recognized it shouldn't be so hard. So Connection Project, in its essence, our mission is really simple to connect people more deeply to themselves and others. And really what we have become is an entity that builds social impact campaigns for what I'm going to consider vulnerable or marginalized communities. And when I say vulnerable or marginalized, what we look at is what are the communities that we see that have high substance use and misuse disorder rates, um, have high rates of depression and anxiety, have high suicide rates or suicidal ideation. What are those communities that we know are really impacted by mental health? So some examples would be youth is a huge community that we do a lot of support with. I've done a lot of work with youth specifically, and I'm continuing to do so. Responders, that is a community that has really struggled us specifically during the last two and a half years. Looking at those communities, and then we'll go and figure out what are the resources that are available to them? How can we connect with those them to those through technology, you know, we'll often set up a podcast series and bring in the greatest and brightest um, minds of those communities to kind of weigh in on where, where the state of the state is, and then how can we help that community. But really, our goal is to get people plugged in, and then we deliver those messages through digital formats. We have social impact campaigns that we push out through radio messaging, social media, TV spots, et cetera. But we've done that in a really significant way, both both regionally and nationally. Well, that is really impressive. And I'm just, I'm very proud to hear it just because I know how needed it is. It is so Um, needed. And, and, and I, and I cannot stress enough for those listening, the need is greater than it's ever been. And that's, that's the sad reality or state of affairs that we find ourselves in. But I am hopeful that by opening the door through doing work like you're doing and like I'm doing, it is 
it has brought some light into the conversation where people will talk about things that they're struggling with that they never would have in years past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I are both very passionate about marginalized communities and how best and how create, how best to serve and how creative can we get (laughs) to serve those communities. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but thank you for that insight. And there's also that piece of me as a clinician, a psychotherapist who really loves to work within the family systems that sees so much value in connecting whomever the motivated party is in that system. Because as soon as the motivated member starts to make positive change, there is that ripple effect. And, And it doesn't mean that the family members will follow suit necessarily and start to change, but it's definitely fertile ground and opportunity for change there. You're 100% correct. I think it really, it lays it lays the groundwork for other people to at least acknowledge that change is happening, that something is shifting, that we're going to do things differently. I mean, frankly, I mentioned a minute ago, I do a lot of work with youth and I think by and large, you know, and this is not a criticism of anybody that does work in this field, but there's not a single statistic that's trending downward that shows me that what we've done is working. I think one-on-one work is, one-on-one work is so valuable. I've done a ton of it myself, but you know, I really think if we want to talk about changing the trajectory or the forward movement of what we're doing in mental health, I think it's going to happen through youth. I think we're going to empower youth with different tools sooner. I think we're going to do a better job of helping parents parent their kids today in today's world with the tools and the technology that has been integrated into our lives. That to me is what I'm most passionate about. And I'm not dispassionate about helping adults who are struggling. Um, I think we will always have a need for that. But I do think that there is some pre-intervention or some some early intervention. Some earlier yeah. intervention yeah. Work that we can do that would better support longer, more sustainable outcomes as we continue to advance in years. Oh, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's going to I believe move the needle, <laughs> you know, move the dial so. in, in, in a in a very lasting way. But I'll I'll tell you another flip side of that too is you know as an organization that works yes with and I'm speaking of my nonprofit organization, hugs they serve families, they serve couples, they serve youth, they serve adults, they do dual diagnosis, they do mental health, they do all these things, but. It's hard to fund a nonprofit um, or help people to see how funding adults helps the kids. <laughs> and sure. and that's been a real challenge because it's like, let me help you understand how many families are served when adults with children are served and the lasting impact on the children recovering adults that that, that moves the needle to Well, yeah. And I think we've gotten, you know, we live in a kick the can down the road sort of society. (laughs) And we assume that if we help this person, it's going to have this ripple effect. And often it does. But but the fact of the matter is, you know, if we can go and do some of that earlier intervention work, I mean, I do a lot of work with youth. And I have to say, by and large, I am so inspired by youth today for a couple of reasons. One, primarily because they'll talk about things that most adults are not comfortable talking about. They'll talk about their struggle. They'll talk about this with their friends, with trusted adults, et cetera. And really, I think youth are going to change how we see mental health. 
But I also go back to saying, I don't think we're going to fix mental health talking about mental health. So I think where we have maybe failed in this conversation is we only want to talk about it from the traditional lens that, that we have always shown up from, when the reality is, is mental health for youth today, it's part of their vernacular. It's part of who they are, what they do. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, is it encompasses so many more things than what our traditional mental health care system looked at in days of old. You know, it was depression, anxiety, substance use and misuse, et cetera. The reality is, is mental health is really broad for youth and it covers a lot of topics that get complex and deep very quickly. And I think they're going to show us how to navigate that landscape in a way that I think the adults in the room, if we could have done it, we would have done it before now. I am frankly very inspired by our young people today and how they are leading the charge in many topics that that impact us all. I, I That has been my lived experience in my professional work in the room with my youth as well. I could not support that statement more. <laughs> they really are inspiring <laughs> and their willingness to show up and educate about things like that to me is what's passion that I that I'm so passionate about I mean I've, I've had a national podcast with youth for for quite some time and really just having these conversations with them and understanding from them firsthand you know how different mental health is in the realm of their contextualized worlds is really fascinating to me and I think it sets some guideposts for places that we can go collectively. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Morrison Dental Associates. They provide confidence, comfort, and comprehensive care to Savannians, and they have everything under one roof. At Morrison Dental, the patient always comes first. They offer superior treatments and cutting edge dental technology to include implants, Invisalign, pretty awesome, oral appliance therapy, and they address sleep disturbances and snoring, which really helps you get a good night's sleep. And we know how important that is for your mental health. I love Morrison Dental because they give back to their community. They support mental health initiatives. They contribute financially to support Heads Up Guidance Services to ensure that all motivated individuals receive the quality mental health and recovery counseling they need and deserve. Hugs is also our, at Direct Impact, our charity of choice, and we are grateful to have civic-minded community partners like Morrison Dental support their mission. To learn more about Hugs and how your business can support mental health in your area, visit www headsupnation.com. Check out Morrison Dental by visiting mdadental.com to see all the amazing dental treatments and quality care Morrison Dental can provide. When you support businesses like Morrison Dental, you support low country mental health. Thanks guys. Sticking with the same topic, but I, I would love for our listeners to just understand a little bit more from your perspective about like in the year 2022, maybe 2023, by the time we're listening to this, you know, what are some ways that people can really significantly improve their mental clarity and their mental health without spending a lot of money? That's a great question. And I think it's super simple. You know, think about the things that you have within your tool arsenal already that you can take advantage of. Taking a walk around the block, getting 15 minutes of sun on your head, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, 
healthier nutrition, talking to friends, making making a point to connect with others throughout the day. Like none of those things cost any money. Granted, they take a little bit of effort to do or to integrate into your lives. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, if you are in a space that isn't great and you get out and you go walk around the block and get 15 minutes of sun on your head, I'm not saying it's going to fix it, but you will feel different and you will feel better even if it's for a moment. And I think the thing that we shortcut or discount in looking at those really simple free approaches to supporting ourselves is it's just sometimes too easy. And I am always shocked when I remind people of those things. They're like, oh, you think I can take a walk around the block and it's going to make me feel better? Yes, I guarantee you, just go try it. They'll come back and they'll say, oh, I do feel better about that. You know, like just those opportunities to get present with yourself. And then from there, if you're willing to take those steps, pick the one or two things that you know you can do committedly and consistently and do that. You know, it's not a one and done. And I think we assume that, oh, I took a walk, uh, you know, around the block on Wednesday and I felt better for that, that, that five minutes. Well, do it again. You know, oh, I drank my, my water I need for the day on, on Thursday. We'll, we'll do that every day. So I think that, that the thing that's really important to recognize is it's not just a one and done, but if you show up for yourself and you take advantage of the tools that you have available to you right where you are, it, it will make a difference. And if you continue to do it over and over and over, it will continue to make a difference. And what you focus on may change over time. Practicing gratitude, finding three things that you're grateful for at the start of your day or the end of your day or both can shift what you focus on. And, and, and people want to push back and say, oh, that's not true. I don't have anything to be grateful for. I guarantee you, even in the darkest moments, we all have something to be grateful for. And it could be the fact that you've survived 100% of your worst days. I love that. You know? mm-hmm. So I think I think for people to recognize we have tools that we can empower ourselves with in a moment that can shift our entire outlook. To me, it's a pretty straightforward approach. I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. And it's things that we talk about on this podcast. And I think it's things that we all know intellectually. It's the putting it into practice. It's the being consistent. It's building trust with yourself. It's the coming out of the dependency on self-victimization. It's 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 all of that that I feel like is is holding people back from just taking that walk and going that extra step, calling that friend, reaching out. I think it kind of bleeds into our next question is like, what are some of the obstacles that you continue to see? I think some of the obstacles I continue to see start with the system. I think it's the expectation of the system that people are willing to do more, go further, go faster than they actually are. Not everybody is going to go to therapy. Not everybody's going to show up for a support group. Not everybody is going to reach out and say, I am struggling. I need help. I think instead of us assuming that people are going to do that, we have to do a better job of meeting them where they are. And when I say meeting them where they are, it may be as simple as reminding them to take a walk, get some sun on your head, you know, those sort of things. I think the days of assuming that people are going to get in their car or they're going to log into their computer to do a session with you, Andrea, I don't think it's realistic. There are always going to be those people that do it. But, you know, I can say I meet with people all the time that will say, I've had three therapists and I don't really see that I made any progress with that. 
And, and I'm not here to debate if that's true or not, mm-hmm. e- even if I know that maybe they made some progress. But the fact of the matter is, is this is not a one size fits all solution. And our system assumes people are going to go to therapy, they're going to get in groups, they're going to take meds. And I'm not discounting any of those things. They are all important and they have a time and place for people when necessary. But the fact of the matter is, is if you haven't started by taking steps to empower yourself first, maybe start there. I think the system assumes that people are willing to go further, to do more, to take action that I don't think actually plays out in real life. You know, not everybody is going to get in their car or sign into their laptop to do a therapy session. Not everybody's going to figure out how to find a doctor to prescribe them meds. You know, and the reality is, is while those things are hugely beneficial for many people, the truth is they're just not going to be for everybody. And and as humans, that is our individual choice. And if that Mm -hmm delays or um, postpones your struggle because of your unwillingness to do that, if you actually need it, that that's your decision. And I think that, that from that understanding, we have a real responsibility to better meet people where they are, you know, starting by empowering them with the tools that we just talked about a minute ago, getting some sun on your head, drinking enough water, practicing gratitude. Like, frankly, the system assumes people are willing to jump in and do more when I don't think that the interventions we currently subscribe, they're not easy first steps for most people. I think we have to make the system more approachable and give them an easier on-ramp and let them empower themselves first and decide, hey, that's working for me and I feel like I could process this with a therapist now, or maybe some meds would help me, or maybe I have this other path that I need to pursue instead. Again, I, I am not here to dictate what a a course of action, a healthy course of action is for anybody, because, you know, again, this is not a one size fits all solution. Absolutely not. And I I love that. And I love having that accessible on ramp, you know, an accessible on ramp that really does take into consideration individuality and people's level of motivation. You know, I can't tell you how often we have consultations. We do free consultations with everybody who wants to receive counseling. And a lot of people are not motivated for counseling yet, or they're not ready for counseling yet. And I love the word yet, because I do believe with appropriate you know, resources um, at some point they, they might, or they might find that they don't need it at that point, which is great, but it's just the, you know, level of motivation and making sure that everybody at whatever stage of change they are in receives care. Right. Yeah. I think, I I think that if, frankly, if, if more people were willing to pursue a traditional path of, of healing recovery, Mm -hmm. I think the world would look much different than it does today. Sure. You know, but 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 again, it's not a criticism of the system or or anybody choosing a path for themselves at work. I think people have to individualize what's best for you. And of course, there are those times in your life where what you're going to need is far different than what we're talking about here. And that's a completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I I think giving people the ability to choose what works for them is important. But again, I add and but you should also look at the things that you're willing to do committed and consistently. Because from my experience, the things that we're willing to do committedly and consistently are the things that become habits and make a difference in the direct impact of your outcomes. 
Mm, I love that. The direct impact what, what of your outcomes. doesn't fix mental health, usually. Yeah, but, but I also love what you're talking about because you're talking about empowering people from where they stand. Right. You know, like you said, meeting them where they are. Very non-judgmentally, of course, because we all find ourselves in very unique and sticky spots in our lives, right? Well, and I mean, wanting somebody to get better, if if you have a sick loved one and you want them to get better, that's wonderful. You can show up and support them in whatever way you're able to. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is they may not want that for themselves. Absolutely. And I think we have to be able to stand in that understanding to know that just because you want something for somebody doesn't mean that they'll actually ever get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make right. it drink. We know that intellectually, but you know, when our heartstrings are being pulled for the people we love, you know, there is that tendency to overcompensate, <laughs> do the work for them. Right. Right. But, but when they do reach out, the family members reach out for those resources. Sometimes they find the benefit in, you know, turning that towards themselves and focusing on, you know, their internal control and what, what can they control and it's self change and self love. So, well, I mean, I don't think that it has ever served anybody poorly to do work on themselves. And I mean, I I will go back to the work that we do at NAMI. I mean, so much of that is built on family support. I mean, I would say by and large, two thirds of our work is family support versus a third for peers. You know, I, I've led a peer support group every Monday night for years, a decade now, mm. um, of peers that are struggling with mental health. And I will say the ones who fare the best are the ones who show up with a willingness to say, this is too painful to keep doing this. And I'm willing to take actions to make a difference. And again, that that could be an incremental baby steps, but their willingness to show up and keep doing the work, it pays off. I mean, I've worked with thousands of people at this point, and, and I can say there are some mm-hmm. phenomenal success stories of people who showed up to help themselves. And and I don't think I don't think approaching mental health is really any different than saying, I want to go to school to get educated about something else, or I want to learn a new trade for a, a, a role that I'm interested in professionally. Mm-hmm. I think any opportunity we have to strengthen or deepen that connection to ourselves and then others, like, frankly, I don't know why people wouldn't run towards that, but that doesn't seem to play out. Right, right. You know, and again, we have to respect that, that that's people come to things in their own timing or not. Absolutely. And I love that. Just respecting people where they are um, and encouraging them to show up for themselves right. because we, we do, we, we all gosh, sometimes one minute at a time are making a decision to show up for ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> Literally one minute at a time. How, how do I want to show up right. for, for me in this moment? So yeah, it's a process for sure. All right. I want to tell you about Brain FM. Some days our focus is stretched thin. Different sources of stimulation regularly wear on our attention. Working from home can obviously exacerbate these issues. At best, curated playlists can be a crapshoot. Whether they'll actually push you to be more productive, who knows? This is why we use Brain FM. These guys have neural phase locking audio technology and fire soundtracks that shift your neurons into focus mode. Visit brainfm.com. That's www.brainfm.com. Use the promo code Direct Impact for great discounts. That's Direct Impact with no spaces. Now, visit the link in our show notes.
I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, Jason, about, you know, both of us are CEOs for nonprofit organizations. I'm a founder and CEO of, of Hugs and you're CEO for NAMI. And we've both have for-profit businesses right, as well. Right. But, you know, I just wanted to have, I thought it was a great opportunity to have just a, a rich conversation around our passions, our passions for why we do what we do. You've done a, a good job, I believe, throughout of highlighting your purpose and your passion, but talk to me a little bit more about your mission, your mission through the Connection Project and the work you do. That's a great question, Andrea. Thank you. You know, really, when I had my breakdown more than a decade ago, which I'm now lovingly going to call a breakthrough, I came from a community of successful, educated had climbed to the top of the ladder, had achieved the American dream, most things that everybody, you know, aspires or says they aspire to or think they should aspire to. And <laughs> when it all came crashing down, you know, being a white privileged male with some resources, the fact of the matter is, is I was none of the none of those privileges bought me any different access, quite frankly. And most men that had gone through what I went through probably would have ended their lives. And I will tell you, there was a solid year that I considered it every single day. Mm -hmm. but there was also that mustard seed of faith that 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 for me was God. You know, if if I make it out of this, let me show up to make a difference and help other people. So, you know, very early on, my role to serve became evident to me. And in the beginning, I had no idea how I was going to do that. And frankly, you know, I've mentioned I've led a support group for more than a decade now. In the very beginning, my first entree to NAMI was showing up as a participant of that support group. And that has played out in me wearing many hats over the course of the years. But my willingness to show up and serve and recognize that I am merely the messenger mm -hmm. and my work is to serve others has guided me really well. And I can tell you by and large, nine, nine conversations out of 10 are not about me. You know, I have a story, a deeply personal story that brought me to this work and it has been the foundation for everything that came since. But really at this point in my career, it is how do we do more to create scale to serve other people? Because as I mentioned earlier, the supply for the demand of need is far less mm -hmm. than, than, than we, than we need. And I think from the, the level of technology that we are able to access today, I think we have the ability to create scale and meet people where they are in a way that we never have before. That fascinates me. And again, I'm not saying it is a replacement for the type of work that you do one-on-one -on -one with a client, but the reality is, is if somebody's struggling or in crisis, if we can empower them or connect them more easily with mm -hmm. resources or tools that could make a difference that they can choose to take advantage of and empower themselves with, I've done my job. Absolutely. That, that to me is my job, mm -hmm. it is to empower people with tools and resources that can help them if they are struggling and to by and large underscore at every level, you are not alone because I can say in my own dark night of the soul, I felt completely alone and didn't think anybody else understood. And it frankly took me years to recognize that there were people who had been there and so much worse. 
And, and I, and I got through that by the grace of God that brings me to this place to show up and serve others. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I, and I also just want to want to honor your story and how you were able to take that dark night and turn it into passion and a desire to serve and empower others on their dark nights. I mean, I just, I feel like that's what it's all about. Well, frankly, it was built from, I had a life that was everything that I could have wanted. That was all about me. I got everything I wanted mm. <laughs> and I was miserable <laughs> and it was yeah. not meant to last. And it went away in an epic, outstanding fashion. Mm. And, and really when you look at how much energy and effort you put into creating something that wasn't built to last, that really didn't fill your cup at the end of the day, that changes you. And and I knew moving forward to build a new life, it couldn't be that life. I mean, I blew my entire world up. I lost a lifetime of work. I had a huge, huge career and, you know, lost my house, lost my cars. I lost everything. And, and really what I lost was my mind. But what I also <laughs> lost was 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 that that being a hamster on a hamster wheel and saying I'm going to continue to show up and do more of this crazy making and I am so grateful even as painful as it was and it was years of pain and it was years of therapy and years of work to unearth that to be at this place but it was all meant to be mm-hmm. and and I think that from that understanding if somebody is listening recognize what is meant for you will not pass you by and there are no mistakes And even if you're going through hell, keep going because you don't know what's around the corner. And and most people assume that they can control the outcomes in their lives and they're everything's going to work out a way uh, exactly the way that they, they imagine. And I'm just going to call that out and say, that's not true. Like things never work out exactly the way we imagine them Uh, They work out far better. You know, the, the phrase we make plans and God laughs comes to mind. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because there's a bigger, a bigger and higher purpose that we just don't see. Right. And if you think that the the purpose begins and ends with you, it's, it's not, that's not the truth. You're fooling yourself. Like there's something bigger here. And and if people take the opportunity to get plugged in, that's why those walks are so important. That's why the sun on your head is so important. That's why gratitude is so important. Like literally, if you're filling your cup, it's easier to pour into somebody else's. Start with you. Mm-hmm. But it also sounds like one of the ways that you and we as human beings have found that you can preserve that humility is to serve hundred percent. And I love that. And I have also experienced the power of that. You find yourself humbled and counterintuitively, we need to preserve that. <laughs> well, and I think from a humbling perspective, mm-hmm. it is quickly, easily to easy to recognize it could always be worse. <laughs> what you're going through could be worse. Absolutely. And from that understanding, and I'm not saying go out and seek to find some train wrecks worse than the one that you created for yourself <laughs> by any stretch, but, but it is true. It could always be worse. And from that understanding, you can then glean a glimmer of hope that, gosh, maybe it's not so bad. And maybe it could be even better. Go there. Yeah. And I think that's a great segue into a, a call 
of action for our listeners. You know, if there was just one thing they could do this week, something small that they could implement that really could be a shift for them, what what, what would that be? What, what do you recommend? Take a walk around the block. Get 15 minutes of sun on your head. Okay. Drink enough water. Practice gratitude. Okay. And, and I love all of those things. And if you can't do all of that, do one. Okay. Which one? Which, which one this week? Which one this week? You know, you pick. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing. It's your choice. It's it's an a la carte menu. You, you've sat down at the Cheesecake Factory. You've got that huge Oh menu. my gosh, that's a huge you, menu. <laughs> you, you pick. And if you, you can't land on one, just do one. And if it feels responsive, do it again. Mm, yeah. Just it's as simple as that. Start there. Well, they are all three disruptors in a very positive way and can create a positive shift for all of our listeners to make a direct impact this week. So I agree. I love it. I love it. So um, for all of our listeners who are just like, I got to get some more of this Jason Hopkins, where do they find you? Yeah. So I'm pretty easy to find my websites, uh, realpeoplereallife.org. You can listen to any podcast I've been on. If you want more content like this, there's lots and lots of them. I'm on all the social media channels under my name, Jason Hopkins. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Um, seek me out there. Um, I'm super responsive. Any of my web pages, the, the one I just gave you are namiadco.org. We've got contact pages on each of those. You can reach out. I'll get back to you. You know, I just want to underscore you're not alone. And if you're you're struggling and need help, help's available. I love that. And thank you for that reminder yeah. for all of our listeners, because, you know, guess what? We are all human beings <laughs> and we all will struggle. <laughs> that is having sure. a human experience. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Humans having human experiences. So thank you so much for joining us today and you know, for the work that you do and your servant's heart and um, for making a direct impact. Andrea, it was a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you. Thank you. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of direct impact with Andrea Epstein.